MSW Media. News Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, September 11th, 2019. Today, John Bolton is out. More in the CIA spy exfiltration story and the Flynn update hearing. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Julissa Johnson. Hello. Hello. It seemed like a short list of news, but I think we had all the news that we needed for the rest of the year yesterday. Yeah, Monday Madness. And did you did you see uh, like Monday Matto Madness? Did you watch that? I did. Yeah, and it's so crazy how like when I watch it, she talks about the same stuff that you bring up earlier that day. Like it's. I mean, I know they're listening. Like Amanda was talking about it. Like they're definitely someone's listening there. Yeah. I don't know if it's her. It's, it could be like an intern. Well, they have a whole, they have a whole team of writers. I'm sure. One day I'd love to be in that writers yeah. room. Yeah. Um, At I least mean, it's parallel. Things. You're right. It, I, could, it could be all of them. I don't want to belittle their awesomeness. No, they're incredible. Right. But, uh, so but we similar. are pretty good. We yeah. are pretty good at picking up on what is important to our demographic of listener, which is kind of, you know, uh, totally independent, unbiased, moderate. No, I'm kidding. We probably do. Yeah. Share similar <laughs> listeners. We, I think we have a similar demographic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, Rachel and I have a lot in common in that way. But uh, she is far more intelligent than I am. Um, I mean, she's just or, she's Rachel. She's I mean, at yeah, least more credentialed for sure. Agreed, agreed. But, but you're uh, AG. You're both great in your own right. Just wanted to point that out. Well, thank you. Of As course. are you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting to sit here and go. God, trying to Google. Like, I wonder why it is that that you know that uh, it's under commerce. Noah is under commerce. Why is Wilbur Ross getting involved? How did it get under commerce? It makes no sense because I was thinking it should be in the interior. Uh, and uh, because that you know that's where like the national parks are and everything, and this is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric uh, Administration. It's just and, sensible, it, it yeah. no sense. And then in her A block, Maddo goes into it. She's like, "There's this guy named what was his name? Wiener Heckle or something? I can't remember." Yeah, yeah, Heckle, Heck, 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 <laughs> something funny. Right. And, in these cases, it's definitely just you having the same questions, and that's really cool in itself. Yeah, and and Nixon hated this guy, mm-hmm. uh, and and apparently didn't want him. To have uh, a cool new thing. Yeah. And so he put it under commerce. And then in 2012, Obama tried to move it back to the interior where it made sense. Yeah. And it never happened. So that's such a weird thing for people to block. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's just funny that, you know, that maybe maybe Obama was sitting there one day going, why in the hell? Yeah. Pettiness has transcended administration. <laughs> why in the hell is this in? In the Commerce, Commerce Department. Yeah. So there's ma- massive, uh, rec- you know, uh, a call for Wilbur Ross to resign. He should have resigned a long time ago. He's a piece of shit. Uh, but someone else left the White House this week. We'll get we'll get into that uh, as soon as we hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So Tuesday was the September 10th Flynn update hearing that we've been anticipating. And uh, Zoe Tillman, my hero, uh, court reporter for BuzzFeed News, she reports out that he appears to be looking for a way out of his guilty plea. Uh-huh. Um, we've been saying that. So the minute his, and I know I've repeated this a million times, but I just, I'm going to keep on it because it was conjecture, but I was right. <laughs> Beans came true. Uh, as soon as we heard he fired his lawyers, I immediately tweeted out, oh my God, is he going to withdraw his guilty plea? Then I got a bunch of pushback, like, calm down. It's just, you know, 
you know, the 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 calm down lady <laughs> uh, kind of tweets that you get there, and people were saying, "No, calm your tits." I've yeah, heard that. Yeah. Cool your tutors. <laughs> Uh, I just made that up. That's good. So, thank you. So, <laughs> they were all saying stuff like, no, no, no. He, he has only sentencing left to go. These lawyers that got him the plea deal and, and negotiated that whole thing were very expensive. Uh, and so, now he's going to fire them because uh, they charge a million dollars an hour. And he's going to just hire this the, some other, you know, regular legal team to get him through his sentencing. Because that's all that's left. And I was like, oh. Well, yeah, it seems really dumb to to fire <laughs> the people who put the plea plea agreement together with you and who were trying to get you, uh, you know, low sentencing, especially when you stood in front of Judge Sullivan and and he freaked out at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, everything was weird. The timing, all of it. Yeah, and so he, the, he we thought that, and then he, uh, the he hired Mueller conspiracy theorist Sidney Powell, and she, um, in Tuesday's hearing, told the judge they believe there's evidence to have the entire case against Flynn dismissed for egregious government misconduct, uh, she says. So in his initial agreement, Flynn pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about his contacts with Russian Ambassador Kislyak. And as you perhaps know, we tweeted out, like I said in June, that he was going to withdraw his uh, guilty plea. <clears throat> and our suspicions were confirmed when we learned a few weeks later that he hired Sidney Powell. And Sidney Powell owns the URL Creeps on a Mission. Right, she has anti-Muller t-shirts. <clears throat> yeah, and that and Creeps on a Mission is referring to Muller and his team of 87 angry Democrats or whatever the fuck. Right, not like her own people as it should. <laughs> totally. And uh, let's see what else. She, oh, she publicly opined that Flynn should withdraw his his not guilty plea or his guilty plea and get pardoned by Trump. Um, she said he needs new lawyers. And when Flynn's team asked for a delay in sentencing to get a security clearance to obtain documents not relevant to the case, um, and when the prosecution removed Flynn as a witness from the Bijan Kion trial, his business partner, who was convicted, by the way, for the same crimes Flynn was forgiven for when he entered into his plea agreement <laughs> and changed from a cooperating witness to an unindicted co-conspirator, when, when all that happened, co-conspirator, uh, it became clear to me this is where Flynn was headed. I thought it immediately when they were fired, but the, the evidence kept mounting. And uh, in the hearing Tuesday, Judge Sullivan asked Powell if her new claim of egregious misconduct was a prelude to Flynn trying to withdraw his guilty plea. So Sullivan's like thinking along the same lines as me. And she said she didn't think that they'd pursue that, but she couldn't say for sure what their plans were. So she's being very obtuse. <laughs> and then the judge pressed Powell about her claims that there's exculpatory evidence floating around out there and she'd only be able to get her hands on it if she could get a, you know, a class, a, a classified clearance. Uh, and if, you know, asked if they were going to argue, judge then asked if they were going to argue that Flynn was innocent. And she responded that the evidence, which I don't think she's even seen yet, or it probably doesn't even exist, uh, that, quote, the entire prosecution should be dismissed for egregious misconduct. And there has been no formal motion to dismiss uh, the case as um, but the judge did set a hearing for October 31st Halloween Ooh, Ooh spooky times <laughs> for justice yeah, yeah and and that's when he's going to hear arguments about the exculpatory evidence known as Brady material mm -hmm. the prosecution argued there's no Brady material nor is there any classified info that they need to hand over all we're doing is you know he's guilty of lying to the FBI uh, and Powell said again that the exculpatory evidence or the texts between Strzok and Page that show Mueller's investigation was based purely on political bias towards Trump. Is there something in the messages that we missed? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't understand. I that. don't either. And Stalling the, tactic. Yeah. And the IG 
did an investigation and found that they had no bias and they were removed from the investigation yeah, in the first place. If, if that's their only move, it's got to be just about pushing this further down. E- right? Yeah, or trying to find a way to withdraw the guilty plea. He'll be found guilty. They'll, they'll, they know. Well, we'll talk about the beans in a second. But okay, okay. <clears throat> I think they're going for changing the guilty plea, withdrawing the guilty plea, pleading not guilty, losing in court, and expecting a pardon from President mm. Trump. Wow. Uh, but the government argues these texts that you seek are public, most of them at least. And the prosecution told Flynn's team about the texts uh, and that they had received copies, that Flynn's team had received copies of some of them, of the texts, before he appeared in court during that famous December 2018 court hearing. That's the one we were talking about a minute ago where he confirmed he was sticking with his you know, guilty plea. They asked him like 17 times, are you sure you understand the ramifications? You did this. You lied to the FBI. You're pleading guilty. Dur, dur, dur. Yes. And, and Sidney Powell seems to be arguing that he's not guilty of collusion. In fact, you know, the, the prosecution's like, he's not on trial for collusion. He's not on trial for any of this. He's not on trial for having conversations with Kislyak. He's not on trial for anything right. other than lying to the FBI, which he pleaded guilty to. She's trying to control the narrative, maybe, right? Just make focus on the things that he actually is not guilty of, technically. Yeah, or just, uh, again, just Avoiding trying to... facts that do matter. Yeah, again, I, I really honestly think she's, she knows that he might be charged again or he could go to trial for lying to the FBI. If there aren't additional superseding indictments, they will lose and Trump will pardon him. Pardon him. Right, right. But, so either way. <clears throat> but the best part is when Sullivan agreed to hear the bit, uh, like a little bit of the Brady argument today, even though the, that hearing is scheduled for October 31st. He wants to hear arguments on the, the exculpatory Brady information or Brady material on October 31st. But he agreed to hear a little bit like, what are you going to argue? And Sidney Powell argued that there's evidence that would exonerate Flynn uh, of being an agent of the Russian government <laughs> and of failing to file under Farah. But the judge correctly pointed out, again, just like I said, that Flynn wasn't being charged with those crimes. So here we go. We have a Brady hearing October 31st, and Sullivan tentatively sentenced, has scheduled a sentencing hearing for December 18th, one year after the judge asked Mueller's team if they considered charging Flynn with treason. So, oh, exactly one year? I don't know. I don't think oh, it's exactly the, one year. Uh, yeah, but I was going to say, like, what is time? Same month. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And a year later. It seems like that hearing was yesterday. It does. That's why I wanted to make sure because I have a warped sense of, of time. time now. Yeah, but wow. Very interesting. Yeah, and that's that's the hearing where Sullivan looked at Flynn and turned around, pointed at the flag behind him and said, you're a disgrace to this country. Yeah, so that was definitely December. You're a traitor. That's crazy. I, that, that does feel like it was just yesterday. Asked yeah. Mueller's team if he was going to charge. They thought, if you guys think about charging this dude with treason? And then when Flynn was like, yeah, we're ready for sentencing. We're ready. We're ready for sentencing. He's like, no, I, you don't want me to sentence you today, bro. You really don't. And he told him like four or five times, Trust me, you don't. Go yeah. forth and continue to cooperate. He pointed at the American flag, and the American flag was pissed off. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing was really intense. And that's when I, you know, that's when he tried to go, you know, forth and further cooperate. He was going to be a, 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 a um, cooperating witness in the Bijan Kion trial. Mm-hmm, and we see how that happened. Wow, the, it's like we're in the pulled. future already. I know. Just like that. Ding, ding. <laughs> I honestly thought. That, you know, because the way Mueller was talking about him, he cooperated early. He cooperated robustly. He was a great cooperating witness. He didn't recommend any time for him. One count of lying to the FBI. Yeah. And now they want to pull back and withdraw. I think they're going to withdraw his plea. Yeah, that seems to be the plan. 
Man, that's a bummer. But I love when you say robust because I love when Miller said it too. The word is so interesting. I think of <laughs> tomato sauce too, but like you don't say too many things robust, you know, robustly, but it works in this case. It just yeah. feels cooperation and yeah. tomato sauce. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Cooperating tomatoes. Uh, also, Tuesday, John Bolton uh, fired, resigned. He's gone. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. And there's a all sorts of theories and sources talking to different mainstream media outlets saying that, uh, you know, Bolton and Trump have never gotten along. But apparently there was an argument recently about the 9-11 Taliban visit to Camp David. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Bolton's like, you know, maybe don't have a party for the Taliban on U.S. soil maybe. Uh, the week of 9-11. Mm. And um, but now there's more stories coming out that Trump thought Bolton was leaking stuff uh, mm. about, you know, things that were going on in national security. And so was he like hiding it in his mustache? Oh, too easy. Hey, OK, so Bolton bolted. Has anyone said that yet? <laughs> I haven't. It's going to be a headline yet. tomorrow morning. Bolton bolted. You, you can have that Washington Post. Bolton bolt. Bolton bolton. Bolton. B-O-L-T-I-N. Bolton. <laughs> Bolton. B-O- I love it. Michael Bolton. I live for it. <laughs> <laughs> Puns. Is that a pun? Wordplay. I think that's, yeah, alliteration wordplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. What do you think? He's gone. I, yeah, I, this I mean, is this surprise, is great. Right? This is not, is a, not a surprise? I don't think so. Oh, no, but it's great. He should have never been there. Um, he wanted war. I, I mean, and Trump's a better person to be in more control of this than, than Bolton was. Like, if I had to choose about which guy's still there. Actually, oh, that's a tough thing to say. It sucks. I'm just glad yeah. Bolton's gone, but yeah, I wish I ho- wish they were both gone. Trump's next. I'll yeah, say. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but it is a weird feeling to, to agree with the person you hate the most in the world totally. about firing another person who you really hate. Yeah, yeah. But I'll give credit where credit's due. I agree with Bolton that uh, it is weird to, to do that thing with the Taliban. So if that's any part in this decision, then yeah, I, weird company there. Um, but Bolton would have definitely, since it's the war, Trump is like, sometimes I want to go to war when someone's mean to me. Sometimes I'm just chill, you know? So that's a little better is what I'm getting at. But yeah, yeah they Bol- both suck. Bolton's pretty hawkish. He might not have even wanted anybody to negotiate with the Taliban uh, at all, whether it was on U.S. soil or not. I think right. he was one of the ones that was pretty upset when Obama tried to do it. Yeah, he just wants to go to war. That's all he wants. Yeah, he, he doesn't want peace in any way. Bang the drum of war. Yeah, I imagine he's getting like paid for that. Like, imagine he's just representing a bunch of dudes. They're not even a bunch, but like just like war profiteers. Guys. Yeah, because yeah. why else would someone be so dead set on like such a main thing to do? And you're just an yeah, he's evil just little man. Could be misguided. Could yeah. be I don't know. It's, Who knows? He knows. The mustache. The mustache. Mine's so big, it's full of secrets. We used to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. We, you called him half man, half mustache. That's right. The Daily Show, uh, they said the mustache will be at half mass today. <laughs> I love it. I'm never tired of these jokes, man. Is, the half mass mustache. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, and of course, they're having a Twitter fight about it, right? Trump's like, I fired him. Uh, and then Bolton's like, you can't fire me. I quit. I, mm-hmm. I, turned, I turned in a resignation letter. He's got a two-sentence resignation letter. Like, I effectively, I resigned immediately, effective immediately. Yeah, get and, me out. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve my country. Bye. Yeah, yeah, it was just help. Just a big help time. No, he's going around all these news stations saying that he resigned, so he's directly conflicting with Trump, right? And so it's like infighting going on here. Yeah. Which is really interesting. I'm I'm not for like negativity in general, but in terms of it, you know, leading to the demise of tr- the administration, absolutely. Like if Bolton ends up being one of the dudes who like lays out Trump's dirty laundry, 
you know? They all should. Mattis, Absolutely. Trump, uh, yes. uh, you know, H.R. Puff and stuff. Like Suicide Squad, H.R. Right? McMaster. All the bad guys come together. I didn't see the movie. They should at least stand up and <laughs> say what the, the you know, what they know. Yeah, exactly. What do you know? And when did you know it? Yeah, and, and all these resignation letters, all these resignations, Republicans can't tech. So <laughs> I, I just imagine they're all using like Windows 95 and that little paperclip clippy yeah. pops oh, up. I miss the paperclip. And says, huh, it's, it appears that you're writing a, a resignation letter. Do you need help with that? <laughs> oh, that's great, AG. Someone's got to make that graphic if they haven't already. <laughs> if it's not happening right now as we speak. I know. I'm going to do it. it. I'm going to do it. If yeah. you do it and send it to me, please put our uh, like at Daily Beans pod on it so that, mm-hmm. you know credit where credit is due That's and it, I, it is a little bit of a like a weird like we do a whole segment on on schadenfreude right and because it, there's just so many things that happen that happen to bad people that it gives us a good feeling inside and t- today's schadenfreude was gonna be about palin and her husband filing for divorce mm. tara palin's husband filed for divorce. yeah todd and somebody <laughs> tweeted out like you classless dems celebrating the divorce of a and I'm like we celebrate all kinds of things it's funny different reasons (laughs) divorce should be celebrated we take a case by case too Palin is a specific case she's definitely a specific case but we have a different schadenfreude today okay Uh, and then let's see here Um, let's go over the CIA spy extraction reporting that's been blowing up since last night we reported yesterday in an exclusive from CNN that we learned a person directly involved in the discussions about this spy told CNN about the removal of the Russian spy by CIA and that it was partly driven by concerns that Trump repeatedly mishandled classified intelligence information specifically that meeting in the Oval Office with Lavrov and Kislyak where Trump disclosed some intel about ISIS in Syria that he got from Israel Mm -hmm. and that was the day after he fired Comey (laughs) Uh, because he also told the Russians in that meeting that the the cloud was lifted. He, yeah, he called he Comey so a nut job. Yeah, remember? yeah, I remember. Yeah, and CNN also reported that shortly after the exfiltration, after the you know the special secret ops to exfiltrate the spy, Trump met secretly with Putin at the G20 uh, a couple times, I think, and then confiscated the translator's notes. And people are wondering if they spoke about the spy then. Uh, then the New York Times picked up the story and added to it, saying that this was human, which is human intelligence, um, and this this source, this human intelligence source. Um, gave us the intel that Putin himself ordered the entire election interference. Uh, he got document photos off of Putin's desk uh, to help Trump and hurt Hillary. And the Times also said how valuable this source was to Obama and that Brennan kept info on the spy out of Obama's daily brief and instead sent the reports based on the spy's intel to the Oval Office in Manila envelopes. But the big addition to the story was that the source might have been burned back in 2016 and there were worries he was a double agent and they offered extrication then, but the source said no. Um, the, the spy said no. So this, this <laughs> movie, the spy said no. <laughs> no. So the spy wasn't extracted until they offered again in 2017 when, they, when the source agreed. And this seems to indicate that the source had just aged out, right? Like, you can only be a spy for so long before people start picking up hints. I was wondering, yeah, he's got to be really good to hold it down for this long. Yeah. So after the New York Times report came out, the story was that they extracted the source in part because Trump sucks at handling classified intel. Then we heard from Kendallanian. <clears throat> and he's telling you about Kendallanian. He blocked me back in April. When he tweeted out, oh, it's clear, no collusion, no obstruction. <laughs> and then when Mueller's letter came out saying, uh, that's not what I said, I tweeted that back at him and then he blocked me. He blocked a bunch of people that day. Yeah. I bet he just saw the Mueller she wrote handle and was just like, I'm not even going to read what you <laughs> said. I've seen <laughs> I bet enough. That, I bet that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so we heard from Ken Delaney that he went to the spy's house, drove there in his car, and he was confronted by government agents, mm-hmm. uh, though he did not confirm that this was the spy that was being reported on. But he also reported the spy whose house he went to had been living in D.C. openly or Virginia you know, in the area <laughs> openly in it, under his own name. And the government will probably move him now and his family. But then uh, said that Putin does not have a history of assassinating former spies. Wait, what? What? Yeah. When somebody was like, shouldn't you not be reporting this? Huh. You know, yeah. Yeah. That you went to his house and he lives in D.C. and da da da. And he's like, I'm not saying it's the same guy. And it's not like Putin assassinates uh, spies. Dude. What? What? He had me right up in. The, it's like the opposite of you had me at hello. <laughs> Skripal, let Venyanka. Like this is what Putin does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then, uh, what we should be considering is in that May, May this in May, Trump gave Barr the ability to de- declassify any and all CIA stuff he wanted uh, in the ongoing investigation into the fake deep state, and the CIA pushed back, of course. Uh, And from the Times, the New York Times says, quote, Trump raised questions about the CIA involvement in the origins of the Russia investigation. And other officials said Barr wanted to learn more about sources in Russia, including a key informant who helped the CIA conclude that Putin ordered the intrusion in the 2016 election. Okay, clearly the same guy we're talking about. Uh, But probably the most important thing that the mainstream media seems to be missing is when Kendallanian said he had permission from the DOJ to release the story. He's like, hey, don't come down on me about revealing this information. I went to the Department of Justice. They said it was all cool to report this, just not his name. And presumably, all of the reporters probably had to vet their story with the Department of Justice. And if that's the case, this is a Department of Justice leak, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Because who stands to gain here? Because Putin gets a key spy out of the Kremlin. Trump, Trump burns a source for Putin. Uh, Thanks to Trump. Right. And Barr can now blame the media if anything happens to this person. (laughs) And Trump and Barr have fodder for their idiotic deep state conspiracy now. So if you want more information on this series of events, check out the piece by Evan Hurst in in the Wonkat blog. Uh, And there are other theories out there. I don't want to discount these theories. I'm not with these theories, but uh, a lot of people think that maybe Coates leaked um, this information in an effort to discredit the Trump bar narrative. Interesting. But I haven't wrapped my brain around how this discredits their deep state. Yeah. I haven't wrapped my head around the fact that this is where we are with Trump and his whole like campaign against Hillary was that she couldn't be trusted with national security like information. It just blows my mind mm. how deep and shit he gets. Butter emails. Butter emails. <laughs> what was it? Uh, I can't believe it's not Buttery was someone's <laughs> I don't know, a really great meme that I can't remember. It must have been that. Something but with butter. Something with butter. Send, send me your various butter tweets. I'll take them. Yeah, let's see the butter emails. <laughs> send me your poor your <laughs> butter tweets. But not too poor. Not too poor. No, no. All right, time for a little schadenfreude. Do you know what schadenfreude is? No, I do not know what schadenfreude is. Please tell me because I'm dying to know. It's a German term for shameful joy. And here's a schadenfreude today. It's not Palin. Sorry, it's the new national polling from CNN, and it's showing Trump has his lowest approval rating, 39 percent, since the looming government shutdown in January. But probably the most significant numbers in this polling are that six in 10 Americans say Trump does not deserve to be reelected and his support by independents is ass. Like it's (laughs) gone. Straight up booty. And uh, three percent of black women support Trump. Oh, I think I know 53%. those 53%. You got Silk and Diamond. I'm sorry, yes. Diamond and Silk. <laughs> and Candace Owens. <laughs> and Candace Owens. I mean, <laughs> But hey. the, the best part of that 3% number is the margin of error in this poll is 3%. So it could be zero. That's true. Wow. <laughs> More or less none. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's 
fascinating. And uh, I I think, you know, we're like 52% of white people, 46% of white women, 17% of black men, 3% of black women. Yeah, that's that makes sense. That checks out. Yeah. And I wanted I want to ask your opinion on this, too, because the the numbers came out and, you know, the the jobs numbers weren't as great as, as they expected. And a lot of these are temporary census jobs. But the African-American unemployment rate is as low as it's ever been, ever, mm-hmm. since we've been measuring it. Oh, yeah. And I, I was wondering what you thought about this as an opinion and if, if maybe this could be why. But the unemployment rate of the country is down to 3.3. Yeah. It's really low. Everyone's going down. And right? so it seems to me that when there's no more white people left to hire... <laughs> Oh, that you're going to see an increase oh, another problem. in hiring. Yeah, because like because of the systematic and horrible racism. Ramp, rampant racism and Very bias that yeah. happens when, you know, in interviews and job placements, you get LGBTQ people left out, you yeah. get trans people left out and you get uh, well, you see, people you see color with left outsourcing, out. which which is totally, you know, still exploited by by corporations, but used socially as this thing to tear the public and the masses apart. So imagine like when they believe that citizens right here, their neighbors are taking away their jobs like that's going to be a whole new problem that I didn't even think about, but you're totally right. Very plausible. I am thinking a lot about civil war. I don't know why I didn't think about that as like a, a stepping point. It won't be immediately. I'm sure we probably won't even live through it, but I think we're getting to that point where hopefully it won't be as bloody as it has been. But civil wars happens when these kind of things are bubbling up, like I'm xenophobia, it's more, racism. I'm hoping it's more like a renaissance and people get on board and realize that it's not. See, that'd be cool. Poor white people against poor people of so color against of war, poor LGBT. The like, civil you know, renaissance. Yeah. Oh my god. AG, you give me hope. Like seriously, I've been thinking a lot. I've been getting scared. We're, like I get really high and freak out. But that's where we, a better where we're way. all on the same fucking team because we're the ninety nine percent. Because that was like what Occupy Wall Street was about, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's eat the rich. It's us against them, right, not us right. against us. Ooh, that's gonna terrify them. Shaking in their little boots. But I, I, I thought about that. I was like, well, you know, it, it, it would make sense if racism is as systematic and widespread as we think it is, which mm-hmm. I think it is. Oh, totally. Then you're going to see an uptick, or I should say, a downtick in the unemployment rate for um, African Americans when the whole country is pretty much hired. Yeah, yeah, and and so a good thing can lead to more polarization, unfortunately, sometimes. In this case, um, yeah. So so hopefully we'll yeah, have leaders in yeah. power that'll be able to to kind of tame that because it's an inevitable direction that we we seem to go in as an American like country. Our history is that we lean towards racism, but yeah, I mean, hopefully someone can. Help us see the way to a civil renaissance. Wow, that's really way better than another <laughs> civil war. I mean, I'm not even. I would. I don't want people to think I'm pro civil war. I'm just trying to be pro realistic because I, I tend to not pro be. Pro realism. I'm, I'm usually very delusional, so I'm like, okay, well, if it happens, I want to not be like, damn, it's here. You know, like people then, that have a baby, we didn't even see it coming. Like, I don't bl- blame them too much. It just happens sometimes. <laughs> but it's good to be prepared. It's better to be prepared. <laughs> Get your jam back. I'm going to get emails for that. It's like a turn. That's all right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I also think that maybe another factor is with all the ICE raids um, that uh, undocumented immigrants are not taking as many uh, of the jobs that they would normally take, <clears throat> which could also be uh, filled by other uh, demographics. So that could also count for the down t- the downturn in the unemployment rate yeah um because you know i mean if you think about like the whole you remember when they ice raided the chicken plant in mississippi i think it was yep and, yep you know and you think about 70 people yeah oh, oh. And they, they let half of them go but that whole thing shouldn't have never happened to begin with if you're gonna let half of them go then same day then that was like a really big spectacle mm-hmm. for 
purely optics, I think. And none of the rich people got in trouble. Oh, no. Of course not. Just Probably had a color palette they used to just figure out who was going to, like family guy. Hold up, yeah. Yeah, Hold up the the paint chips. (laughs) Citizen "Mm -hmm." by the white Ah. and get a terrorist the darker you get. Yeah, it's a sad reality of this country, but hashtag not all white people, of course. Um, (laughs) But I do want to say on the topic of unemployment, um, I understand that, that it's not because of Trump, even though he loves to take credit. I will say if we can give him any credit, People might hate this, but he didn't fuck it up too much. Good for him for not fucking up unemployment, you know, anymore. Like he, he let it continue on the path that it was already going, which was down. Yeah. And that is something that he loves to boast as if it's his doing that it went down at all. But no, it was it was Obama and, and maybe even someone before him that I haven't done that far of the research. I stopped at Obama. I was like, good. No, nope, it was Obama because Obama, when Obama inherited, we were losing. We were bleeding 800,000 jobs right. a month. Yeah, the recession. What am I talking about? Of and course. so at the first couple of months of Obama, we still had negative job numbers but then it, it he, turned around he put us and it took a while because mm-hmm. these things take a while and so trump is trying to take advantage of the ignorance that usually i had before too that when it comes to the economy you think everything's so quick because the stocks seem so fast but a lot of these things like unemployment it takes a long time to get it back on track especially from that mm-hmm. 2008 recession so but job slow has grow uh, has slowed yes yes um, and, which, and wages have been stagnant i've heard about that and i wonder if it's because of trump because because it he, is so he is starting to fuck it up oh yeah okay his first Term. He's blaming the Fed, though. Okay, maybe he was fucking it up, but it took so while to catch up. I see now. It definitely yeah. takes a while to the catch up. Holds. He The hope was that his ma- massive tax cut mm-hmm. uh, would uh, stimulate the economy uh, because oh. Republicans <laughs> That's right. wrongly think uh, I should. Do yeah, they no, even really think it? They wrongly think that when you um, give tax cuts to the wealthy, that the wealthy will invest that in their businesses and need to, more, to hire more people and create more jobs, and the wealth will trickle down. That's what's called trickle, trickle down, down economics. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't work because the wealthy hoard that money. As as honestly, any logical person would, but they're trying to make it seem like they're just going to spend it. Like it. Because I think it was Ann Craig, one of our awesome listeners, who told me um, at a rally we were at that when you give like a wealthy person um, $100, they'll save it. But if you want to stimulate the economy, you would give it to the middle class or the poor because mm-hmm. they'll spend it immediately. It's just kind of our nature to be like, well, we're not used to having this. We don't know how long we're going to have it. So we're going to take care of what we need Plus to we need catch to up spend on, on stuff. Exactly. <clears throat> really, mainly to catch up. You're totally right. So, One of the arguments on, on canceling student debt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, we're all sp- acting logically. It's not that poor people are reckless because of this quick no. spending. It's because of the fact we need the it, money. We need money. Money makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. The rich know this. I and mean, we spend, we spend the money and, and, and we stimulate the economy that way. And we pay more sales taxes, which stimulates the state tax coffers, which I mean, it's all that's trickle up economics and yeah it, yeah it has been shown to work trickle down economics have, has never been shown to work no but they want to make you think that because we think oh we'd spend it you know yeah. so we're like okay maybe they'll spend it too but i've, I've learned through our awesome fans that yes. that's not the case and cool yes and the only way that you could get a a, a a trickle down type of situation to work if you gave tax cuts to the wealthy would be to regulate how they spend the money to Ooh. say you don't get this tax cut unless you create a certain amount of jobs. Which they do with the poor for some reason all the time. We get regulated for financial benefits for everything, you oh, know, yeah. welfare and like Kamala's plan. She wants to pitch like, yeah, I'll give money to people to have businesses in low income neighborhoods, but you got to do this, this and that. And I get where she's trying to come from, like you're saying, but why so quickly do it to the poor? But when it comes to the rich, oh, because they have all the power and they're going to fight it. Because, because they don't want to be Congress is bought controlled. and sold by them. Yeah, that's been the giant so lobbyists, the libertarians that are really wealthy, and corporate the Tea welfare. Party people that are really wealthy, and, and Republicans that are and really Republicans wealthy. that are really wealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and a, some it's Democrats. Us versus the rich. It's yeah, a civil also, renaissance. We need some one. of those <laughs> moderate Democrats, <laughs> conservative Democrats. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get social. Hashtag. All right, on another note, a more somber note, Wednesday is the 18th anniversary of 9-11, and the hashtag uh, Never Forget 9-11 is trending on Twitter already, a uh, day ahead of it. We should take some time and remember uh, the 2,977 people who perished, including 422 first responders. So hop online, take a moment to remember what we're thankful for in life. Um, hashtag Never Forget 9-11. Uh, I was 27, I just broke my pen, uh, and I was working... That, that was I just literally broke my pen <laughs> if you're wondering what that sound was but I was 27 when it happened uh, I was working in a corporate job I was a corporate auditor uh, working for the man <laughs> and um, being on the west coast it was really early in the morning I was woken up by um, uh, like a voicemail notification from a family member who left a message like six messages saying turn on television turn on the TV and by the time I got to it and turned the television on the first plane had already hit so I was trying to catch up with what was going on. And at that point, work called me and told me not to come in. And then we sat glued to our televisions, all, you know, everybody that, you know, was my age, my friends and I, as everything unfolded, we didn't know what was happening at first. At first, we all thought it was just a terrible accident until the second plane hit. And that's when people started to speculate that this was orchestrated, you know, that this mm-hmm. was on purpose. And then the first tower fell, but we didn't really realize it because of the amount of smoke and dust. We thought it was just another explosion, like another plane came in or something. But then the smoke cleared and there was only one tower there. Um, it, it, it just wasn't there. But I think the thing that sticks with me the most was when the second tower fell. And we could see that pretty clearly um, because the other tower had fallen, the, the, the dust had settled by then. And I remember jumping off the couch onto my knees in front of the TV and I was trying to hold the building up like from falling because it wow. was, kind of fell into itself. And I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. Because we have that experience when we're watching like like even a movie, like, you know, a fictional thing, we have that reaction. So in real life, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so after watching coverage all day, I decided to venture out. I, I, I do this thing where when tragedy strikes, I want to go out and be around other people. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know why. Just that community, I that guess. Makes sense, yeah. So I went over to a pool hall, hall near the Marine base here in San Diego. I'm a veteran. I knew a bunch of guys uh, at uh, MCRD, Marine Corps Recruit Depot over there uh, that worked there. And we all just sort of met there and hung around each other and like, we were all just in disbelief of what was going on. It was a really, really, um, just a really emotional day, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine from that perspective, because I was like eight. So I remember um, I was in class at the time, and they just rolled in one of those TVs like they did in the 90s, you know, when it was movie time, but this was like not movie time at all. I wish it were. And they told us we could go home, so some people got picked up, some didn't, but I remember I got I was sent home, and... um. It was just weird. Like, as a kid, it's hard to grasp. Just like Katrina, sometimes disasters are so hard as a kid. But now as an adult, what I do is I actually look at the YouTube footage. And so when you were describing seeing that second tower fall, even though my child brain, like, seemed to suppress a lot of that in real time, my adult brain is watching. And I'm like, holy crap, that is terrifying. Going Mm -hmm. from, even though I know how it ends, I'm watching the footage, seeing the first tower, and I'm like, this is crazy. But then when the second one comes in, I, I still feel that sense of shock. Mm-hmm. Just like you can't believe it. It takes your breath all away. All these almost. years. Yeah. And, and all the documentaries and the conspiracy theories, everything is so just, it, it blows my mind. The whole thing is just such a terrible thing that I, I unfortunately, we're not immune to it. It could happen again. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, 
we're still shook by this as we should be. So I just don't, I don't think we're in the direction of protecting ourselves from another one exactly. No. Which is really unfortunate. <clears throat> I, yeah, with this administration and, and the chaos, I don't think that there's any, you know, with national security advisors out, but even when Bolton was in there, I don't think we had any processes in place that we normally have with principals meetings and, and things like that to, to cover this stuff. The president's daily brief is now probably a pop-up book that, no, you know, and, and he would probably keep a bunch of it from him. I, mm-hmm. I don't even know. It's just terrifying all around. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me of, you know, when we were reading Comey's book and Comey was looking around the Oval Office with him and Ashcroft and Bush and he's sitting there and like, it's just us. What, but then, you know, those are, not all those people are great, but they're more capable than what's sitting in the White House. Oh, right absolutely! Now. Yeah, I have way more faith in them. But it's also crazy how it's been eighteen years too. <laughs> you know, that's a milestone in itself. It's like people born after nine eleven will be able to vote. Yeah, all the YouTube watchers nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of like myself, but especially having no you know memory of being there physically when it happened. It is still an emotional thing that I think can transcend generations, and it's got to put an impact on kids that are yes able to vote now, and then with all these things that are attacking society like the youth like they just must be like i don't know their whole life Everyone, we've yeah. been at war mm-hmm. very good point that yeah. uh, blows my mind because i was in the first gulf war mm. not in combat but right, that's but when i joined yeah yeah and something else i remember too is being at that bar with the marines and some of the navy guys uh, and women and looking around realizing at that point that this is, was a terrorist attack mm-hmm. uh and Seeing the looks on the faces of the people who signed up before 9-11, thinking it was like a combination of either, yeah, let's go get them, or holy shit, I just wanted to go to college. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I this was being in the military was my choice coming from where I come from. You know, a lot of people sign up because they don't have another option to, to get an education. And, um, and so just to see the fear, but also anger in their eyes was just a really interesting because i had already been out of the military at that point interesting yeah what a perspective yes seeing that kind of split the room and then people themselves having conflicting emotions like that that's a whole day yeah wow change the military change the youth changed everyone yeah yeah and and i don't want to you know believe that the next one is definitely you know happening in our lifetimes or again ever we're but, more vulnerable than we yeah, usually are again with the, you know being pro-realism it's it's a sad truth yeah I, w- I wish we were talking about anything else like I wish this never happened everyone does but this is a reality of what happens when you're, you're compromised and you're vulnerable <clears throat> yeah and and to come back a little bit around on the hope that just everybody that contributed to that day and the way the world felt we were all on the same even Rudy Giuliani <laughs> that that day and, and in, in the months following I think that that goodwill feels like it was squandered but it, it still exists and that bridging can still happen yeah and we don't need those things to happen for that to happen no they don't we can all come together Harness under it. different you're right but that's a very good thing to point out like you said that it did you know bring us together just like the resistance is a reaction to you know it's administrations good things can rise out of terrible things and, and terrible things I guess are inevitable in their own nature but yeah, hopefully we we do better, or at least can find a way to be more more preventative of this. Yeah, don't let it take a tragedy. Yeah, to reach out to people, right, in our community, and yeah. I think that's one cool thing about our community. I think we do that inherently. The the people who are into this show and the, and the Mueller She Wrote show, there's this whole community we have, our patrons and everybody around us. I think that we inherently do that. We just need to reach out to others to do that, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and and to maybe spin it around a little bit 
I know things seem, you know, it's going to be, you know, remembering 9-11 during this absolute crazy time in our current, um, you know, zeitgeist of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't forget how resilient we are. Think about what happened after and, and how we came together and and think about that now uh, and how we can apply that now and how we, you know, things are slow rolling, but we've come a very long way. Um, you know, we've we've got a lot of things going on um, that we can look forward to. We've got uh, impeachment hearings coming up. We've got an election coming up. I think that's going to bring people together more than it ever has. Yes, yes, uh, it has to. Yeah, and uh, just just try to just try to do that. Try to come together that way without having to have a tragedy be the impetus. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, man, that's that's the best spin I can think of. I mean, it's true. There is hope there, but it's a tough day. So. It'll be somber, probably, no matter what. Um, but it is cool that we got to see the Nile of Memorial on the tour in New York. It was we amazing, were, right? Yeah, yeah, that was because it's I mean, beautiful. Yeah, massive. Yeah, and just yeah, try to remember the unity, totally. Um, that, that resulted, and, and see if we can get back to that place. Um, that's our show. Um, we do have a lot going on this week. Vote, vote for impeachment measures is Thursday, as I said, as we predicted. It was scheduled for Wednesday, but we said it's probably <laughs> going to be Thursday because yeah, things yeah. are going to be going on Wednesday uh, due to 9-11. Um, we have a debate Thursday night, I believe, and, and we'll be in Seattle Friday the 13th. You'll get to hear that show on Sunday on the Mueller She Wrote feed. We'll be joined by Jennifer Cohn, um, election security guru. So don't you don't want to miss that Um since we travel Thursday, there might not be a, a Daily Beans on Friday morning. Yeah, that's um, fair. But we will be here Thursday morning. We'll return on Monday. And we also just got invited to Politicon. We'll be recording live at Politicon in Nashville on October 27th with yeah. Jill Winebanks. Yeah, a lot of people aren't happy about the lineup. But I'm like, you know what? It's it's just they're they're unhappy that conservatives that they think shouldn't have platforms are there. Not so much that the they got that last are. year, too. They, I think every year, you know, that's fair judgment but um i'm still excited to go and yeah i kind of also wish i wasn't sharing the stage with them but i'm going to focus on the things that are good about politicon i think we're only going to be on the on the um podcast stage which should only be cool stuff exactly yeah like there's a good (laughs) way to swerve the people you don't like i get it so it's a poster and it's like they all look like they're singing kumbaya it's not like that we're not hanging out with ann coulter no um but i am stoked for politicon but we will have joel weinbanks uh as our interview and she of course is a prosecutor from watergate nice nice. uh, and we're going to have her smack dab in the middle of these impeachment hearings so yeah. it's going to be a really relevant and important conversation from an expert. I love her. Who's been there. So join us for that. And thank you guys so much. Any final thoughts? Um, just, yeah, I, th- hope, as far as hope goes, I want to kind of hear like what people, what gives them hope, I guess. I know I see on the Facebook group we have, there's some threads where fans often talk about like what keeps them going. But it'd be cool to get some tweets for that. Like just, I don't know, like short little things, especially this week. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, just I don't know. And then a bunch of people are gonna be like, "You guys keep me going," which is cute. I like those too. <laughs> so the feeling is mutual. But yeah, good vibes. Just send them out there, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna be doing a contest too. If you uh, one, all you have to do is follow at Daily Beans Pod on Twitter, and one winner will win a dinner with me. And we're also probably going to give away a PlayStation and maybe some like one of a kind hoodies and some other stuff. So 
uh, and the and with our network executive. And so, just check that out. We gotta we gotta boost those followers. So and we love you. And we'll we'll start following back. I swear. Um, we haven't had a chance to try to manage uh, the monster that is the Mueller she wrote Twitter account. Uh, but everything's gonna start moving over. Um, uh, you know this whole Mueller thing. It you know it began the Mueller investigation was pointed. The indictments happened. We started the podcast. We got the Mueller investigation. It ended. We got the results. We got the report. We're continuing to work on that. It is now being widely reported that impeachment hearings were opened after the Mueller investig after the Mueller testimony. Uh, and so that was a watershed moment. And Mueller, you know, their history is going to look back on this and say it was the Mueller testimony and and his underlying uh, evidence that triggered the impeachment hearings. We're going to start those very soon. And, um, it, of course, we still have the Stone trial and the Flynn sentencing and, and all sorts of stuff coming up. So we're going strong until until you guys till it's done. And I don't know what the done date is. It's redacted. But, um, you know, we will we'll be there and then we'll be here, too, for Daily Beans. So we wanted to, I just wanted to thank you guys for that for that support. Cool. All right. Well, that's it. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. I've been A.G. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. And them's the beans. And we miss Jordan. <laughs> She'll be back tomorrow. The Daily Beans is produced by A.G. featuring Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager is Sarah Lee Steiner and our merchandising manager is Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jaleesa Johnson, and Jordan Coburn with executive assistance by Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios and our website is dailybeanspod.com.